Christians need to stop listening to the world and start listening to God so the thinking Christian becomes as natural as breathing. Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is Dr. James Spencer. Through calm, thoughtful, theological conversations, Thinking Christian offers a mix of interviews and discussions that highlight the ways God is working in the lives of his people and question the underlying social, cultural, and political assumptions that keep the church from conforming more closely to the image of Christ. Doing something that you're ultimately is going to drain you of energy. I think resolutions should actually push you forward. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be holding right. you back and dragging right. you down. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Thinking Christian. Today, we are going to be discussing New Year's resolutions. We're coming up on New Year. Uh, New Year's resolutions are a big part of that. And so we thought we'd have a conversation about how to set New Year's resolutions. Uh, maybe it'll work. And then also provide you with some opportunities that would be spiritually enriching as New Year's resolutions. So James, how's, you, it, how's it going, Richard? Uh, oh, it's good. Uh, Good. I was just going to tell you, uh, you know, the history of New Year's resolutions, right? I do not. What what, what do you got? It, it came from the Babylonians. Did you? I, I, I'm just reading this now. Historically, the first recorded people to set New Year pledges later be, to become known as resolutions. I kind of like pledges, too. I think those are cool. Um, are the ancient Babylonians some 4,000 years ago? So huh. they've been they've been doing that. And, uh, you know, how. That's really worked well for Babylon, I know. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's this, that whole self-reliance thing. They right? should have so. made better resolutions. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they they could have, too. And I, I think that's what we're going to talk about today, too, making making better resolutions, right? Yeah. You know, I'll admit, I don't usually do a New Year's resolution. I don't either. Um, uh, I I usually just sort of decide at some point... <laughs> <laughs> when I'm going to start doing something and when I'm not, and then I do it then. Um, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it's, it's really interesting because uh, I, I know that um, as a, um, as a CEO and executive director uh, that, uh, that I have to set objectives for my organization. Yeah. And I, I always think of that as almost resolutions in, in that way, because you're saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do this year. And, and, and that's, if, if, I guess if you have that kind of mentality, you know, resolutions could probably be pretty good, especially when you're accountable to others, like you and I are both accountable to a board, right? So, yeah, I I mean, I think, you know, there's a sense in which the New Year's could be a good way, good place to start. Now, I I will say this, I find a certain, I find the New Year's to be difficult to start something uh, right. for a number of reasons, me personally. And so uh, usually when I think of my new year's resolutions, I'm thinking around like January 10th, January 15th, if I'm going to actually start something. Right. Uh, because, you know, that time period between Christmas and new year's is so busy. Like I, you know, I just tend to have other things that aren't normal things, right? You've got a well, new year's party here. You've got, right you know, whatever it is you're doing, you know, so yeah, if you're, if you're doing some sort of fitness or nutrition based <laughs> goal, um, sometimes that can be problematic. So, you know, I, what I, you know, I guess the first thing I would say to folks when they're thinking about the new year's resolutions is don't get stuck on new year's. Right. Right. If you're thinking, Hey, I got to start January 1st after you've just had, you know, even if you just stayed up with your kids to watch the ball drop. Right. I would tell you that me at 45 staying up past midnight anymore, uh, I'm kind of wrecked the next day. Like, um, right. I, I need, 
I need my 10 o'clock bedtime if I'm going to be functioning the next day. And so you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you're deciding that no, January 1st has to be the thing. If it's going to be a New Year's resolution, it's got to be there. And what I would say is no, like, like prepare to resolve, <laughs> right? Like put yourself in a situation where the resolution is actually going to be possible. Right. And, and so um, I wouldn't worry too much, even though you might call it a New Year's resolution, I wouldn't worry too much about the January 1st start date. Um, mm-hmm. That that may or may not be a great time for you to do, you know, your resolution at that first time. I just know, um, you know, again, from my my time as personal trainer, right? January 1st generally was not a great day for people to work out. <laughs> um, you know, the people I, the people I was working out often had had a really good time the night before. Mm-hmm. And so they'd come in and their workouts were not enjoyable for them. <laughs> um, they were, and it wasn't like I was trying to, you know, hurt anybody, but they were not feeling physically well. <laughs> and so when they'd come in to work out, you know, everything that is sort of torturous in the gym, depending on who you ask. Right. <laughs> um, right. They're they're feeling that torture that much more. And, and mm-hmm. so I just think that as people look at their New Year's resolutions, backing them out and saying, what's realistic for me to start this? You know, do mm-hmm. I want to start it? Like I said, I if I was going to do one, I and I do have some goals for next year, but I'm looking at them more like end of January. Right. right. Um, right. My kids have a lacrosse tournament in California mid mid January. And so it's like, well, that's going to be a real hiccup. But after mm-hmm. that, I don't have much planned that is going to, you know, create problems. And so, you right. know, I'll just hold it off until after that, come back, and then I'll I'll hit it hard. It's that's the kind of thing that I think we need to be thinking through as we or that at least my first tip for people who are making <laughs> resolutions. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's good. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think you invented gradual resolutions i think that's good uh, <laughs> i'll gradually new, get to it <laughs> it's new new year's ish new year's ish new, resolutions new year's, that's right that's right it new is year's-ish. it is in the new year and yeah. uh and even though you're going to get some of those some of those things done within uh, you know what about uh what about quarterly uh resolutions like you like you do objectives uh you say boy you know i've got i've got 13 weeks to work with uh, you know, I can start this from day one. I can do this week two and go on to 13. Yep. Uh, those are, uh, those are kind of nice. And, you know, it really keeps things new. It uh, does. When you, when you do things that way. And yeah, I, 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 it, I tend to like that, uh, that, that method. I do too. I think um, the one caveat I put on it is to say, if you're going to do those sort of quarterly type goals or add something new every week, I think what you have to be prepared for is, you know, the week before needs to be successful before you add in, you know, uh, something else the second week. Absolutely. Right. And so, uh, again, I'll, I'll sort of liken it to weight training, right. Um, you know, it'd be awesome to add weight to the bar every time I went to the gym. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. The reality (laughs) is if, if, you know, I try to bench, you know, 350 pounds or something like that one week and don't get it, I shouldn't Mm -hmm. add 355 the next. Right. Right. There's a very low likelihood that I'm getting that after I've just missed 350. And so you have to calibrate those on where you are and what your success level has been. Right. And so, you know, as you're trying to build toward, you know, a greater and greater goal achievement, 
right? Mm-hmm. Moving toward your resolution. My advice to people is um, pick something that is the bare minimum that you know you can do. Right. Right. So what I would say is something like um, I did this with my prayer time. I Traditionally, I have not been a very good prayer time person. I'm an academic geek. I'll sit and read for hours like it's no problem for me. I love doing it. Um, mm-hmm. But prayer just felt like it was distracting me from my reading. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I took what I did was I said, no, it's probably not, you know, that's not the right way to frame prayer at all. And so what I started doing was um, I started reading prayers. Good. So lean into my strengths, right? So I'd read one prayer. I got a book of prayers and I'd read one prayer before I started studying. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon, um, you know, a couple of weeks after that stayed pretty consistent. Then I started writing out my own prayers. I could actually sit down again, you know, I'm a reader and a writer. And so it made intuitive sense for me to sort of craft the prayers that I was, that I was actually praying. There was something about writing them down that made them more concrete. It kept my mind more focused, gave me time to really think it through. And then eventually I sort of progressed beyond both of those and started, you know, reading my own prayers and then, you know, saying my own prayers. But it wasn't a very long time. I would say even now, you know, I don't take any more than, you know, 10 minutes of prayer a day. I just, it, it for me, that's a really hard buildup. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, I, I really appreciate people who can do it for an hour or something like that. Mm-hmm. That is in no way, shape or form where I'm at. And so for me to think, though, that I'm going to go from zero to an hour is crazy town. Right. Right. I needed that progression. And so I think as we look at it from that sort of progressive standpoint, that would be sort of my second tip for people is start with the minimum, lean into mm-hmm. your strengths and start with the minimum, right. right? Do something you're actually going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, again, to go back to exercise, you know, don't program, if you haven't been working out, trust me, don't program seven days a week workouts. Mm-hmm. I've been working out since I was 14 years old. It's difficult for me to get seven days in. Right. I usually do four or five. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's pretty, that's pretty good for me. But even then my workouts aren't that long, especially not anymore. I mean, I, I do maybe 40, 45 minutes um, and that's it. Right. And, and so I, I think, you know, there has to be that calibration of where you are, where you want to be and all the small incremental steps that you need to get there. Well, and I, I think you hit on, on one thing uh, as far as incorporating prayer into something that you enjoy doing uh, as well. Right. You were talking about prayer. Um, uh, you're about to um, uh, initiate the uh, 30 days of the gospel. Uh, yeah. Incorporating prayer into that, uh, that reading uh, yeah. is certainly when, when you pray the gospels, that could be really powerful. Yeah, it can be. And I I think that's a really sort of as we go through those 30 days, that'll be part of what we're doing. And so the goal of 30 days in the gospel is really put some of these principles into practice. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, most people, at least I've talked to, they do have they do read um, Mm -hmm. their Bibles during the day at some point. But, um, yeah, I talked to about, uh, I don't know, four or five people at my church. And they all said the same thing, which isn't a real big focus group, but, you know, it is what it is. They, right. they said they'll read their Bibles, but it, it doesn't feel particularly systematic. It doesn't feel like they're building anywhere, hmm. right? They're reading sort of varied passages or they're doing a devotional that kind of hops around. And so it's good, but they don't really get like sort of a, 
sequence narrative of the scriptures. And right. so the 30 days in the gospel is really intended to do that. It's intended to say, okay, we're not going to cover every passage in the gospels. You're going to read every passage, mm -hmm. but we're not going to cover every passage. But what we're going to try to do is give you the overarching understanding of each of those four gospels as we go. And then the plan yes. is actually after that to go into the book of Acts. This seems okay. like a natural move um, to move into the book of Acts. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think incorporating prayer into that is going to be an important aspect of what we do mm -hmm. and uh, and trying to make sure that we not only, you know, sort of learn head knowledge, right? But I mean, the distinction I usually make is um, when, you know, when Jesus tells his disciples, go you therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a difference between those people learning to observe Jesus and just learning about Jesus. Right. And so we're we're going to try to push to be hearers and doers of God's word, um, because I think knowing God's word comes from the doing as much as it comes from the reading. And yes. so that'll be in the mix as well. So mm -hmm. all of it should be pretty reinforcing. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think it's going to be designed to, you know, number one, give people a fairly easy way to do it. It's going to be a podcast. And so, you know, 30 minutes a day, you know, uh, while you're driving, whatever it is you're doing. And then number two, um, it does set some sort of incremental level, right? right? Um, that it's fairly simple. If you can devote this much time during your day to sort of reading or listening, um, it's actually just four chapters a day max to read through the gospels in 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so that's not that long. No, yeah, it's not. Um, and, and as, as I said, you know, uh, sometimes incorporating your gifts and talents, if you are a writer uh, yeah. and you want to uh, interpret something, uh, that's right. And, and, and um, go ahead and, and, and do that while the, you know, that's, that is, that's, that's like active prayer. Sure. Um, uh, as a songwriter, I do the, I try to do the same thing. I try to think, boy, what was the, what was the phrase? What was the, what was the, the, the repeat? Uh, you know, what was, what's the verse, what's the chorus, what's the bridge here. Yeah, and, yeah. and, uh, and it's really kind of, it, it makes, it, it actually makes songwriting even more fun that way too. Uh, yeah. But, and it becomes a prayer. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of these little tips, um, I think they relate to things outside of resolutions. Right. Yes, so, right. um, you know, writing, for instance, I've been doing a lot more writing lately. And so I've sort of made the commitment that I'm going to spend at least 15 minutes writing a day. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter. I'll just sit down and type, you know, I'll type out ideas, I'll type out themes that I want to cover, I'll type out, you know, ideas, maybe do a paragraph or two, you know, whatever. And I've just keep them and then kind of sock them away different places. But it keeps me in the rhythm of writing. Right. And it does give me an outlet just to think about things and to synthesize what I've been reading or synthesize what I've been looking at. And so, um, yeah, playing to your strengths like that. And again, won't be writing for everybody, right? Some people, right. Um, they need just time to decompress. They need a quiet place where they're doing nothing, right? And I think that's great too. But that's definitely not me. But, um, you know, my, my wife and I are very different in this respect, Right. Um, you know, if I need a break from doing what I usually do during the day, I'll hit the gym. Mm -hmm. That is not her go-to at all. Right. She's much more of the quiet space, quiet time, like, please, nobody bother me kind of, you know, person. Right. And that's just how she recharges. 
And so I, I think that you have to know yourself as you're setting these resolutions and make sure that you're, you're not sort of creating a situation where you're putting yourself in the position to change who you actually fundamentally are doing something that you're ultimately is going to drain you of energy. I think resolutions should actually push you forward. They shouldn't mm -hmm. be holding right. you back and dragging right. you down. Hey, we're going to take a break right there. And then when we come back, just mm -hmm. test me. And I, I think there's something to that, that in the Christian life, we need to be taking small steps of obedience, even if we don't understand what this is going to do or how God's going to affect it. Like, I think obedience a lot of times doesn't make sense. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Christians need to stop listening to the world and start listening to God so the thinking Christian becomes as natural as breathing. Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is Dr. James Spencer. Through calm, thoughtful, theological conversations, Thinking Christian offers a mix of interviews and discussions that highlight the ways God is working in the lives of his people and question the underlying social, cultural, and political assumptions that keep the church from conforming more closely to the image of Christ. Yeah, that would be another another thought for people is as you're making these resolutions, trying to figure out what you're doing in your life that's actually hindering you from moving toward a goal that you're setting. Yes. And at times, you know, deciding whether or not that is going to be a, a hindrance that you're willing to give up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've watched much less TV over the last six months, right, because I've been trying to write a book. And I've been trying mm -hmm. to um, get in better shape and, you know, right. those kind of things. And TV is just one of those things like I like watching TV, right? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. like my football. I like I like movies. I like TV show. Like I like them. But at the end right. of the day, I had to, you know, sort of gut up and just say, is it worth which do I want more? Right. Right. Do I want to do I want to catch up on this TV show or do I want to work out or do I want to? write this book, like, what do I care about more? Right. And, right. and so those setting those priorities is, I think, as important as determining the resolution. Well, and that is kind of a fresh way of looking at, at things, too, because, uh, you know, I texted my brother. Uh, we're, we're a family of New York Giant fans. And, uh, you know, the Giants got off to this horrible start this year. And uh, I, I just said, hey, this is going to be more time for me to go cross-country skiing. 
this year because I don't I don't have to worry about the Giants. Right. Uh, I'm not going to follow them. <laughs> right. And you don't so... have to watch. <laughs> you know right. the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So um, sometimes uh, you know it's designed that way <laughs> to, yeah. to say, oh, I could give that up. <laughs> right. Why, right. Why Why not give up some misery? I mean, you know, this is. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes it's easier choice than others, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think it's like that. I think um, we just have to be cognizant of the things that are sort of stealing away our time. You know, right. I, I do this organizationally a lot, and I think it applies to individuals, too. We tend to talk about our lack of resource. Yes. Lack of time, lack of money, lack of energy, lack of, lack of, lack of, lack of. Right. What we don't usually account for is what we're actually spending that time, money, energy, what have you on. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, do you feel better after you've just, you know, I would say I don't feel better after I've laid on the couch for three hours watching football. Right. I enjoy I a football yeah. game. Right? right. But I don't feel better. <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, with the wonders of modern technology, I can have a game on while I'm working out. Right right? That's better. It's better for me to do that. And so there are ways that you can kind of come around that. But the reality is most of the time when when organizations tell me they don't have time, resource, money, whatever, Mm -hmm. I usually say, sure you do. You're just spending it in the wrong places. Right. And and, and also as, as, uh, you know, I, I go to Denver uh, to, uh, to work with uh, the team uh, in in Denver uh, once a week. Uh, but I, I have a three hour drive there and mm-hmm. a three hour drive back. Uh, and so I have, I mean, again, wonders of technology. Some of these podcasts are just outstanding That's right. and you get so much out of that as a, whether it's a media professional or, uh, or a business person, uh, or a Christian, <laughs> you know, if I'm, yeah. if I'm improving my walk and I'm hearing some good teaching, Man, that's really good. I just put on James Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, it's a really great point. And I I think one of the things that I normally raise with people is, um, okay, so you say you want to read more, right? If you limit yourself to reading in paper form. Right. Right. That implies a lot of other things in your life, Mm right? Right. It means that you're going to carve out enough time to sit quietly and read a book. And while I have the privilege, benefit, whatever we want to say, like I get to read books a lot and Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, You know, I do make time for it. I'm usually up really early in the morning and down in my office reading. And it's great. But the reality is I know not everybody wants to do that and really has a commitment to do that, especially if you're just starting to read. And so usually what I suggest to people is this. Do you really want to read or do you want to be more informed? Right. Because those are two separate things. Right. Right. And so if you really want to be more informed, now your options open up on the type of media that you could actually listen to. Absolutely. Right. You know, you can do an audiobook, you can do a podcast, you can do, you know, documentaries are super cool. Like, you know, and you right. can make room for some of those things depending on um what your really what your goal really is. Mm-hmm. Now, if your goal is really just, no, I want some quiet time to sit by myself and be with my thoughts, 
reading can become ancillary to that. Right. Right. Um, but you could do other things as well. You don't actually have to have a book to sit quietly and get in touch with your thoughts. And so trying to sharpen your focus on what your resolution is really trying to get you to, mm -hmm. I think is extremely important. Yeah. You know, I, I really think that um, just because of how much I listen to things, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, there's been a kind of a disservice a little bit because everything is so YouTube oriented nowadays uh, that uh, people who drive, there's really, um, we, we've been talking a little bit more about audio education because I, I yeah. get, I, you know, six hours in a car, uh, you know, uh, just things that I'm interested in listening to uh, has been a, a really good thing. And I'm, and I am, I'm an, I'm yeah. an oratory learner. Uh, I, that's, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've always, uh, my, my dad was kind of crippled with arthritis. And when he stopped uh, being able to do things around the house, he used to have to talk me through if we had like an emergency of a, you know, a pilot gotcha. flame went out or whatever. So yeah. I began to really just, I began to be a really good listener. Uh, so yeah. I, I uh, and, and being a musician and everything like that, a lot of that is also oratory. Uh, the, I mean, there's some physical uh, things to it, but it's, it's both. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of uh, fine uh, motor skills along with, uh, with listening. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people are built that way. Uh, and uh, so, um, so if, uh, th that's one thing I, I always said, they said, well, you're an author. And I said, well, I'm more of a, an audio author. Uh, I like public speaking. I like uh, doing those things. I've been uh, in, in, in radio and media for a long time, but it is, it is this kind of conversation that uh, it, it tends to stimulate my brain. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, you know, creativity is a great example, right? If, if your goal, you, if you, if you're saying to yourself, for your New Year's resolution, you want to be more creative, let's say. Right. And just like what you said, well, people say you're an author. Well, more, I'm more of an audio author. Well, your outlet for creativity is more in the audio setting. It's more in the media setting. Right. Um, my daughter loves to paint, right? I was more of a drawer when I was in high school, like pen and, you know, pen and ink or pencil. Um, I really mm -hmm. enjoy doing that. She doesn't enjoy that. Right. But she'll sit and paint just to relax and, you know, do that. And that's great. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, as we sharpen these ideas, what exactly are we resolved to do? Right. Right. We start to find our niches. And so we just want to make sure that we're not narrowing, artificially narrowing what we're trying to do by yes. defining that medium too tightly. Right. And, you know, um, again, to sort of return to the workouts, you know, I'm not built for yoga. Mm -hmm. um, I just, it, it it's, it, my wife and I've done it a few different times. It's always comical to me. Um, I, you know, I find the instructors <laughs> so really funny. Um, but I even did, I, I actually, there's a funny story. So we had a yoga instructor at the old personal training gym that I worked at and, um, she was going to miss class. And so there's all these people there for yoga. And um, my boss kind of says, Hey, James, do you think you could run this yoga class? And uh, I'm like, I can try. I mean, 
I'm nowhere near built for yoga, but right. I can lead people through a stretch session if that's what you want. So, you know, I kind of faked it. There was no deep breathing. There was no, uh, you know, I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> anywhere near as light and fluffy as they were used to. Um, but the point is, you know, it, it can be a good way to get in shape. You know, you leave all the spiritual junk at the door, but it can be a good way to get in shape. Right. It's just not one that I have to choose. Right. right some right, people right, run right. marathons, some people bike triathlons or whatever they do. Right. Um, I'm just a sort of a gym rat. I love lifting weights. And so it, none of those are better or worse necessarily, but they need to be mm -hmm. fitted to who you are. They need to be actually benefiting you. And, and I think once you find one that you actually enjoy, it's much easier right. to go, you know, move toward that resolution. Right. If I yeah, hate being right. on the treadmill and I say, well, I, you know, I want to get in better cardiovascular health and I've got, you know, the choice between a rower and a treadmill. I hate the treadmill. I should not choose the treadmill. It's crazy. <laughs> right. Right. So we, we've got to figure out in our, in and of ourselves, you know, what is it that we really love? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for you, it might not be sitting down and writing, right. For me, it might be right. There's no problem with that. Like we can both exercise creativity in different ways. Right. Um, I would just say the other thing that, that I have found really helps me is, um, and this is a simple one, just interpersonal accountability. Um, I think mm -hmm. particularly if people are trying to kick a bad habit, right. Yes. Right. Um, and, and obviously not, I'm not thinking in terms of, you know, heavy addiction, like an, you know, alcohol addiction or drug addiction mm -hmm. or something like that. But if they're just trying to kick a bad habit, mm -hmm. um, I've always been a big fan of, uh, sort of, well, I, I'll give the story when I was trying to lose weight, right. I lost about 50 pounds, um, 2016 and, um, you know, my family did it along with me. It's not like they lost 50 pounds too, but the reality was they couldn't keep all the junk food and that, you know, all the stuff that I wasn't supposed to eat in the house and expect that I wasn't going to eat it too. Right. And so they were sort of on the journey with me, Oh, that's nice. which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that sort of community, that interpersonal accountability, that, hey, I'm trying to stop X, mm -hmm. right? And then having the people in your life around you say, that's cool. We'll make sure that we're not tempting you to do X or, you know, we'll stop doing X for a time too. So, you know, if it's smoking, right, you can imagine if you're trying to stop smoking and you live in a house with another smoker, mm -hmm. that's going to be challenging. Yeah. Right. Um, when I was trying to lose weight and, you know, if there had been Oreos sitting out or something I really enjoyed eating, I don't know. Um, it's not Oreos, but, you know, like <laughs> it, there are certain meals that it's hard for me to pass up on. Right. And if those have been around, you know, regularly, I wouldn't have passed up on them. Gotcha. Um, I'm a sucker right. for a hot pretzel. Like I love yeah. hot pretzels. And oh, so, I do too. Yeah. you know, if my son was eating hot pretzels every night and I'm like salivating over them, I'm probably not going to skip them. But he didn't. And so I think that there's a sense in which we need to have sort of a community of people around us to say, look, I'm trying to do this. I could use some help. Is there any way you could help me achieve right. this resolution? In other words, mm -hmm. resolutions aren't just individual things. They're usually a bit communal. Right. You know, that's, that's good. That's um, it is good to have, have the support and um, you know, that's, that's kind of what family's about. It's what community's about even in, in that way. And so uh you know, we, we, we try to help each other in, uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, and that's, uh, that's the way, that's the way it's designed. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you're going to be successful 
and they're going to be successful in it in it might not be the same way but it's uh but it but it is uh that's right. it. i i just still haven't uh got over the image of you uh teaching yoga but uh but that's <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I don't think I anybody thinking, has really nose yeah. in breathe in oh man it was it was Ow. the roughest yoga Ow. session anybody's ever had <laughs> i knew like three moves i think we did some walking lunges in there i mean it was oh yeah it was the yeah it was the absolute oddest yoga session you'd ever want to be to so but it was it, a videotaped right so i think they ended up giving the session away for free okay. um but uh <laughs> it you know at least they got a workout in and i think that was the whole goal yoga so, um, by dr james spencer yeah yeah i knew we had pilates in in house too and i was like never pilates i don't even understand what's happening there um <laughs> yeah I, I was just so. reading something on joseph pilates uh the uh the italian uh guy yeah, who, yeah. who came up with pilates a very interesting uh, yeah. story and there were some uh, there were some uh actors that were involved in the very early Pilates and they actually studied with Joseph Pilates. And I thought, wow, that, that'd be interesting. So not yeah, that I, mean, I, I don't do Pilates. So. <laughs> I think, you know, honestly, I think um, part of the reason that I like weight training and part of the reason that I, I wanted to have this conversation about new year's resolutions, right. You know, weight training always lends itself to progress. Like you, right. you either add weight or you add reps or you add mm -hmm. sets, you, you add something as you're moving. Right. And so it, it's, um, it's always a progressive movement. There's very seldom a time when you're, you know, you're sitting back and you say, well, I'm just going to maintain at this level and you never have to progress again. Mm -hmm. Even maintenance usually requires some level of progression. Right. And I think it's a great analogy then to how people can, progress in their daily lives finding yes. something that they want to get rid of because it's hindering what they're doing mm -hmm. and finding something they want to replace that hindrance with um mm -hmm. that that they're resolving to do i, I think weight training is always a really great example of that versus something like yoga which i don't like stretching at all um but you know it's not as intuitive to me how you see progress in yoga in other right. words right um i'm sure there is progress in yoga i'm not saying that but i but you know, in the weight room, you put an extra plate on, mm -hmm. you do an extra rep, you do an extra set, you do an extra exercise, like you know exactly what you're doing. Yes. Yoga, it feels like, yeah, I'm getting more flexible and I can see how flexible it is, but there's not a, a, a real objective measurement there. Right? It's mm -hmm. more about feel. And I've right. always liked that sort of tangibility of the weight room um, where you can actually feel things happening. And that's what I'd encourage people to do as they're thinking about the New Year's resolutions. You know, it's, it's a question of setting yourself up for success. And I think, you know, like I said, part of that is making sure you're ready to actually implement the resolution, right? Mm -hmm. Don't do it on January 1st after you've been up all night, right, right? Right. Not a great time for you to have resolve on anything. It's more a good time for you to take a nap. Um, <laughs> and so, so unless you're resolving to nap more, January that, 1st may not be your best day. I'm going uh, to take more start. naps this year. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> um, you know, but, but you know, do that, take, take it in small chunks, like progress small, right. Mm -hmm. Minimum standards. Um, you know, if you can, uh, allocate 15 minutes and you know, you'll always get that 15 minutes in boom, that's where you start right. and you can progress up from there and then get some help, you know, mm -hmm. um, enlist people to come. Uh, I've, I've lifted on my own for a lot of years. Um, now my daughters, uh, like to lift weights and it's super fun to have them in there with me. I mean, great. 
Yeah. I don't, you know, I'll have them spot me occasionally, but I mean, that's not really what it's about. It's, it's more just about having the camaraderie in the weight room. And, you know, mm -hmm. on nights when I don't really feel like doing it, I can say, Hey girls, you want to work out? And they're all up for it. And so we'll go down and work out. And then I'm in the weight room and what do you do in there? You just lift stuff. And so, Great. um, you know, it's been helpful to have that little mini home community, uh, to go down and, and get the, get the workouts in. It's definitely yes, held right. me more accountable. So I think don't be shy about, don't be, don't really don't be shy about asking for help. Don't be shy about getting other people involved in what you're doing and, uh, and having them help you, um, implement your resolution. We'll be right back. Christians need to stop listening to the world and start listening to God. So the thinking Christian becomes as natural as breathing. It goes without saying, but the Bible has changed so many lives. Take a second and think about it. If you didn't have access to a Bible or were even allowed to have one, this is a reality that many are facing. That's why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my book, Christian Resistance. Simply text THINKING to 71326 to help today. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Or visit give.crew.org backslash thinking. Again, that's give.cru.org backslash thinking. Message and data rates may apply. Available to U.S. addresses only. Christians need to stop listening to the world and start listening to God. So the thinking Christian becomes as natural as breathing. Welcome to the Thinking Christian Podcast. This is Dr. James Spencer. Through calm, thoughtful, theological conversations, Thinking Christian offers a mix of interviews and discussions that highlight the ways God is working in the lives of his people and question the underlying social, cultural, and political assumptions that keep the church from conforming more closely to the image of Christ. I, I was reading a little bit in, in one of my other shows about cognitive behavioral therapy, sure, and that is increments. Uh, that yeah. is building a system moments and yeah. you do the little steps to do that. You, you kind of uh, take on a service uh, orientation of, mm -hmm. of what you're doing. It's the same thing with just about anything. If you, if you took cognitive behavioral therapy and you just put flow charts together or steps on how you're going to do that, maybe that's the way we should be doing resolutions. And uh, I, I think that's a, uh, that gets back to our original conversation here. Yeah, I think it, I think it is. Um, and I, I think even within our own spiritual lives and people uh, may seem like this sounds like too behaviorist, right? Uh, I don't believe Christianity is about changing just our behavior. It's about a, right. a total transformation, but exactly. I, I personally believe that you don't get that transformation until you're actually trying god mm. so you know that that malachi 310 verse we've talked about multiple times right where god yeah, tells the israelites yeah. you know test me see what happens if you obey me just mm -hmm. test me 
Yeah. And I, I think there's something to that, that in the Christian life, we need to be taking small steps of obedience, even if we don't understand what this is going to do or how God's going to affect it. Like, I think obedience a lot of times doesn't make sense. Right. Right. Uh, on the sort of meta level, it always makes sense. Right. I mean, um, God is the sovereign of the universe. He's more relevant than anything we could ever face. And so obeying him makes perfect sense on that level. Right. But in the tedium of our lives, obedience often seems to uh, take us off course, mm -hmm. right? And it, it it seems to be like the meandering way around a problem, let's say. <laughs> so, yeah. right. but I think we don't really understand and know God as deeply until we start obeying him. Mm -hmm. And that requires us just to do something, to really trust God with something, and to test him in the way that he's calling um, Malachi, you know, uh, calling people to test him in Malachi. Yeah. Um, it's not about, you know, okay, God, uh, you know, when when uh, Satan tempts Jesus to jump off the temple so that the angels will catch him, right? Jesus says, no, you're not to mm -hmm. test the Lord your God. Right. But I think that the way Jesus lived his life was a constant demonstration that he trusted God. Right, right. And, and he trusted God by obeying God. Yep. And so we need to do that same kind of thing. Ah. That's the that to me is is the real kicker. And when we think about it from a cognitive behavioral sort of standpoint, that's mm -hmm. where we end up needing to be. We need to recognize that some of these small behaviors that we would implement time over time. Yes. Um, you know, are going to give us a different vision of the way God moves and acts in our lives. Mm -hmm. And that's really important, I think, for our spiritual growth. Well, I want to close with uh, actually uh, one that uh, that the Apostle Paul gave us, uh, and that's uh, that daily activity of renewing the mind. mind. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, Romans twelve, you uh, you you, um, that's one that um, I have tried to practice. Uh, I I wish I did it on a daily basis, but wow. That's that is a uh, that is test it test God on that one, and and see what what happens. Uh, yeah. I I think that's a that's a good way to to take that Malachi uh, verse and 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 bring it into our our everyday lives. Um, and that that goes back to uh, our prayer, and that goes back to our our prayer life, anyhow, uh, and and all of those things that that renewing the mind. Uh, and and really on 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 the word so i'm i'm really looking forward to this uh 30 day uh in the gospels and then and then going to acts again we're yeah. taking them in in increments we're not uh, it's that's it's right. not the it's not the fire hose that's uh, right that's right so um so i thank you for that uh james and uh that uh this has been a good show uh, yeah. been, uh, uh i i'm i'm all ready for the new year uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got your resolutions ready for january 15th right i do yeah new so, year's ish uh, yeah that's yeah new year's ish which i <laughs> i like that i think we should all so celebrate new year's ish <laughs> <laughs> well very good and uh you know this has been a great conversation so um appreciate you having it with me and uh folks out there listening thanks for tuning in thinking christian we'll catch you on the next episode I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the Thinking Christian Podcast. 
Christians need to stop listening to the world and start listening to God so the thinking Christian becomes as natural as breathing. Life Audio. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, or art to make, or perhaps businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. If you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform today or lifeaudio.com.